relax, so I'm not going to preach. <laughs> Welcome to you all. You have overwhelmed us with your presence. Words even fail to talk about it. We thank you so much. As I got ready to read the scripture for the burial service, I was appalled in opening Marge's Bible, which is here. Here, dear Margie had her service all arranged, and I never saw it. So we're doing everything different than what she wished. But my family and friends assure us that she would be very happy with what is planned for today. Because her family is involved and our pastor, we just are so delighted to have you come. Here are the scripture verses that I picked. I didn't go through her Bible like I usually go through Bibles for people because, um, man, I mark mine freehand and she marks hers with a ruler. It's all so nice and neat. Mine is not neat. Hers is. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put, on, put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. For we are, good, we are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to him. And then I chose one which we all know so very well and, and love and relish. <clears throat> but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will, by no, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we, who are alive and remain, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I am deeply grateful for Pastor Dave Lunsford, who is conducting this service. Thank you, Pastor, for your kind help.
Marjorie Eileen Polson was born on July 16, 1930 in Bellingham, Washington. She died on October 19, 2017 in Bellingham, Washington. Margie was preceded to heaven by her beautiful daughter, Joy. She's survived by her husband, Ralph Paulson, her son, Raleigh Paulson, and his wife, Gina, by her grandsons, Nathan Paulson, David Seda, Benny Paulson, and granddaughter, Monique Paulson. Marjorie, with her husband, Ralph, served in Brazil with the Association of Baptists for World Evangelism for 25 years. Upon returning to the United States, she and her husband were called to serve here at First Baptist Church at Ferndale. Her husband was the pastor for 18 years. When Ralph resigned from this ministry, he and Marjorie were invited to represent Shepherd's Ministry in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Marjorie loved this work of traveling in the eight western states, telling people about this home that ministers to those with developmental disabilities. They lived in a fifth-wheel trailer, moving from church to church to talk about shepherds. About 11 years after that, and Marge, with Margie's failing health, Ralph resigned this position to care for her. From 2010 until the present, she remained steadfast in her church attendance and in other related ministries. She suffered many physical setbacks, but she was a faithful prayer warrior for the work of the Lord and encouraged so many others to be faithful to the Lord. She suffered a stroke and heart injury, and the last 10 days of her life here on earth were spent in the hospital where she drew her last breath and entered her heavenly home. She is greatly missed, and we know she is a far better at home with the Lord. Would you stand with me for prayer and then remain standing as, as uh, we sing together? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we are so thankful today that while we are here to remember a good woman, we are able to do so with joy because of you who sent Christ to be her Savior and our Savior and to give her and us the confidence of heaven when days like this come. Thank you for that joy. And even in the midst of that joy, Father, we do struggle with the tears, with the sadness at losing a good woman, a sister, a, a, a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother. And we just pray that you will encourage us today, strengthen us today, and do your work among us today as you see fit. May you be honored as we give a tribute to a sister who lived for you. May you be honored as we sing to you and worship and pray and hear from your word. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here, trusting in my Father's wise
worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. Live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. There is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up my eyes in wonder, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in love to those around Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you, yeah. And holy, there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me holy there is no one like you there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me.
Hey everybody, thanks for coming out. If you guys don't know me, my name is Nathan. I'm Marge's grandson. Um, I'm not really, I don't know her by Marge. She's my vava, and that's the Portuguese, Portuguese word for grandma. And just watching that slide, it was just amazing. Just so many memories got brought up. You know, just so many things that, that I hadn't thought about for a really long time. Just the Christmases and the Thanksgivings and, and just getting to come together and just reconnect. You know, where we just get these times where we get to connect and, and hear the things that are like what's going on in our lives. And it was always impactful to me because I'd hear what Vovo and Vava were doing, you know, and it was always just a, this Christ-centered life, like this life that was just devoted to Jesus. And, and yeah, you know, Vava's, you know, she's passed on. You know, this, this tent has, it's, you know, she's, she's not in that tent anymore, you know, but she's not dead, you know, because there's only one death, you know, and that is when, when we die to our old sinful nature and Christ made a way for that to happen, you know, and then what that, what comes from that in our lives, like, it's just amazing. Like, you guys know them. You, you know Ralph and, Mar, Ralph and Marge. And um, they just lived this life that was totally surrendered to Jesus. Like, and what comes from that? Just going into Brazil and just, you know, one thing after another. And it's an amazing encouragement for me and I'm sure for all of you guys. And just like a life led by the Spirit. You know, and just how the love of Christ compels us. You know, compels us to go to Brazil. Compels us to be, you know pastors in, in a church compels us, you know, keep pushing and pushing and pushing because she didn't feel well. Like if you guys know Vava, she had so many ailments throughout her life and the love of Christ compelled her. Um, and just this life that was just devoted to the spirit, you know, and just being led by the spirit. So I just want to read one thing here. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. No, now the, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensual, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. 
I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's what Vava did so many years ago. And look what fruit was produced in her life. You know, fruit that, it produced fruit in my life. You know, the seed that she scattered in my life. And it's just, so you guys, it's just encouraging. Everybody here, and she's just with Jesus now. And she's celebrating, and it's amazing. So could we just pray real quick? And I just want to thank Jesus for her life. Oh, Father God, I just thank you so much for how you call us, how you get a hold of our hearts in this amazing supernatural way where your love just consumes us and brings us to to places that we couldn't even fathom. Lord, you want to do more than we can even ask or imagine, but we got to die to ourselves for that to be able to be received. So I just thank you so much for Vava's life, for her steadfastness, for just surrendering everything to you and just running this race so well. I thank you that you're the one that causes us to run these race, that you give us the strength, that you fill our hearts. So we just, we thank you for her life this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is David, and I'm Vava's grandson. Um, and I just want to start out by just telling you guys thank you for being here. This is just, it brings me so much joy as a family member and a grandson to just see how many people are here and uh, just how much love she invested. And I can stand up here confidently saying that I know she had an impact on each and every one of your guys' lives. And she had an impact on so many people that can't be here today. And she just lived a faithful life, just sold out. And she just lived a life of in a perfect example of what it is to have a relationship with Jesus and to follow him with everything you have. And she left such a legacy for our family and for so many people around the world. I was just blown away sitting in the hospital with my grandma the day after she had her stroke. And just countless people were sending him text messages from different countries and different states all across the United States. And it just blew, blew my mind to just see the impact that she had. And what it is like just to, to be a servant of Jesus and what it really means to have a relationship with him. That no matter what we do, no matter what our life circumstances look like, that there is hope and there is freedom in his name. And it's just such an amazing message. And I just, God had just put this, this scripture on my heart this morning and, and uh, I didn't want to prepare anything. I just, you know, wanted to just hear from God and God just gave me a few things this morning. Um, and it came out of 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 18. And it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And like Nathan said, my grandma had many health issues. She suffered a lot of pain. But through it all, when you had a conversation with her, you, you never knew that she was in tremendous amounts of pain. It was just uh, uh, she, her voice and her words just spoke of hope 
and spoke of freedom. And if you had something going on in your life, she was so quick to say, let's pray about it. And that was just an example. It's never about her. And this life isn't about me, but it's about those that are lost and that don't know him. And it's just such an honor for me to be able to stand up here today and to be able to just speak on her behalf because this is what she would want. That even though I mourn her loss, I celebrate the victory that she, that she won. The day that she breathed her last, victory was won. Her faithful life and her faithful race that she ran, she finally won the victory. The victory was won that day. And she's up in heaven celebrating and cheering all of us on. And I just, a few days before she passed, I got to sit in the hospital room with her and sing Amazing Grace. And that was just so amazing to be able to sing that to her. Because I just want to finish and close on just a message to my grandma. This grace that I experienced. That through years and years of drug addictions, she never gave up on me. She never stopped praying for me. She always saw hope in me. And it was her faithfulness and her prayers that have brought me here today. And I have a message for her today. It says, Vava, through your faithfulness and your legacy that you left behind, your family, your grandkids, all serve Jesus and all love Jesus. And because of the legacy that you left behind, we're going to continue to run after Jesus with everything that we have. We're going to share the greatest gift that we could ever share, and that's the message of the gospel and the hope that's found in him. And we're going to share it with our kids and our grandkids, and it's going to be passed on from generation to generation. And for that, I just thank you. I say thanks for the things you have done for me, things so undeserved, yet you give to prove your love for me, the voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude all that I am and ever hope to be I owe it all to thee to God be the glory to God be the Thing.
Should I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary, with his blood he has saved me, with his power he has raised me, to God be the And should I gain any praise, let it go to Calvary. With his blood, he has saved me. With his power, he has raised me. To God be the glory. chance to uh, share a remembrance of Margie. Now, uh, and, and in case you're wondering, that was, it was Jim Hively who was first up, not Dave Lunsford. I'm Dave Lunsford. And uh, <laughs> it was my privilege to be Ralph and Margie's pastor, as much as you can be a pastor to folks uh, who are more mature than you in the faith. Um, but it was my privilege to be their pastor for about 15 years. And uh, it's my privilege to be here today. And uh, I've done a lot of funerals with Ralph. Um, a fair number of folks would ask for Ralph to preach, and he would ask me to lead singing, and we always worked together. And so I'm going to tell you what Ralph would tell you right now. We're going to have a sharing time, but keep it short. <laughs> we want everyone to share who has uh, something to share, but we want you to keep it short so we can get through it now. Um, we are uh, looking forward to having you sharing, and I am going to start the sharing by reading um, a, uh, a paragraph from uh, Charlotte Borisher, and uh, many of you know Charlotte. Wave your hand, Charlotte. I don't know, I don't know where you are. There's Charlotte. Where are you at, Charlotte? Where are you at? There you are. There you go. I guess I've known Margie longer than anyone here. We both were born in 1930, me first. 
See, your mom had that thing about being older than everybody, didn't she? Yeah. Margie was born in Bellingham Hospital, and I was born at home on the other side of the tracks. I guess we had some class warfare in Ferndale back in the day, right? A little humor there, she says. We were both in Sunday school at this church, starting in the nursery. During our Sunday school days, we started first grade at, uh, during our school days, we started a first grade at Central with Miss Gunderson as our teacher. During the summers, we went to work in the strawberry fields, earning money for our school clothes. Then when we were in high school, we went to Lake Samish Summer Bible Camp for a week. In our late teens, we taught daily vacation Bible school in several communities, fitting in some farm work, hoeing corn in between. After high school, college beckoned. Margie went to Biola in California, and I went to Multnomah in Oregon. She was my pastor's wife and true Christian friend. Thank you, Margie, for being my friend. I will miss you, Charlotte. Who else has a, a remembrance of Margie? Nathan is going to bring a microphone so we can all hear and so it can be recorded. Don't be bashful. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Pass it on over to him. <laughs> under Vivian Gunderson. I was four days older than Margie. <laughs> Good job. And my cousin Joyce, right over here, Joyce Henderson Johnson, was a month or so younger than I. <laughs> so, uh, Charlotte was the oldest, I guess. But there's at least four of us in that class that are here right now. Pat Hansen was in that class. So, that would make five, I guess, unless I'm counting wrong. But anyhow, it was a, it was a good time. We, the blessing in the whole thing is all of us know Lord. the Lord is our Savior. He's controlled and led us through life, and, and we grow in him every day. And praise you for My name is Susie Strothbuck. I've known Margie for 20 years. She was my mentor, friend, and I really miss her also. But what I remember most was in the many, many times I was with her and prayer group. And I can tell you, I saw firsthand her, her care, her compassion, her love, not only for this church, but for all people. And it, I always remember her as she prayed for our nation. I'll never forget that, and I'll never, and I'll never forget the many times that I've seen her struggle, and knowing that she never that she put others ahead of herself. I will greatly miss her, and I'm looking forward to like being able to see her again. Right up there. Many of you might know me as Agnes Barnes. I'm now Agnes Kenny, but 
I remember when Ralph and Margie came home from Brazil out at Sunrise Baptist Church. I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old when I first met them. And then I became a member of this church, and it was wonderful to see her and love Ralph to death, too. And just remember the days when I was a kid that they had different things to show from Brazil, and I just was in awe. But anyway, we all loved her. Thank you. I'm Tim Smith, and uh, I'm old enough to remember when Ralph and Margie were married in this church. <laughs> and Charlotte was my youth director, which was not always easy. <laughs> but one of the things, March had a caring heart, and when our daughter Tammy came home to go to Western, Margie took her under her wings. And last week in my devotions, a passage came from Psalms 116, verse 15, which fits Marge. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. God is a God of life. And he gave that life to Marge many years ago, and she's now experiencing it. But one more time, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Is it on? Is it on? Sure. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to do this, but Barb and I talked about it, and I don't know if I can hold it together, but <clears throat> for those of you who don't know me, I'm George Jr., Spud is to a lot of you, and Marge was my sister, and uh, I had a lot of memories and uh, brought back a lot of things. The wedding... Uh, my best friend and I were, I guess, what do you call the guys, ring bearers or something. But uh, I can remember a lot of memories. I was, I had uh, three mothers actually. I had my own mom, and then I had my two sisters. And one was, one played good cop, one played bad cop. And Marjorie was a bad cop. She, she was kind of like my mom. And uh, when my mom had disciplined me, she was the one that said hit him harder. And, Barb was kind of like my dad, and she said, please don't. So, But, uh, yeah, we have many good memories. I remember going to Viola. I remember the first time Ralph came to our family, and we went, wow, how did she snag that guy? He's a keeper. <laughs> and, uh, it's, uh, but I had the chance to just talk to Marjorie in the hospital. Uh, like David, I don't know if she prayed more for me or you, because I spent a lot of years wandering, and uh, the faithful prayers of a lot of people in this church Plus, my good brother, Ron's sister, for the reason I'm standing here, I came back to the Lord. And uh, this morning, it's funny, at church, they were singing, Death Could Not Hold Me. And I thought, first thing I thought of was Marge. Death hasn't got a hold of her. She's up there now rejoicing. So, uh, yeah, praise God for Marjorie. And I love her as a sister and a, a sister in Christ as well. Thanks, Nathan. I'm Barb Heinrichs, and um, 
I've known. <clears throat> known mom and dad for, boy, since the 70s. And um, they adopted me pretty much years ago and my children. And they were such wonderful examples. And it's because I, of how they were then and all through life that I'm the way I am today and I'm going to miss her and I shared a lot of memories with them and a lot of joy and I just am so thankful that, that mom's not suffering anymore and, and that she's she's in heaven with the Lord and I praise him for that and that's all I'm going to say yeah uh, I knew her in Bible study and she really loved the Lord, and her husband, he was a good teacher, and they uh, both loved the Lord, and I can tell uh, through my own heart, you know, that they both loved the Lord, and that's what I remember of, and I remember of her, because she loved the Lord a lot. Hi, my name is Elton de Oliveira, and uh, I'm here. I, I just want to say a few words. I, you know, I, uh, I admired Pastor Ralph and Margie for a number of years. They, they, um, I, I'm originally from Brazil, and uh, I'm very um, humbled and. Uh, um, always, always felt very happy to go to their home, uh, to see the uh, beautiful things that they brought back from Brazil, and uh, and also uh, how much they loved Brazil, and uh, and they always had so many great stories uh, about Brazil, and and that made me feel home uh, because I I always always homesick. Um, and um, you know, and I'm just very grateful to them that they were willing to spend so much time of their lives uh, away from home, because I know how it, how hard that is uh, to be there and and you know dedicate their lives there and and uh, uh, share with a lot of people uh, about the Lord and. Uh, and, uh, and of course, I'm very grateful for the son that they made, Raleigh, uh, which for me, I call him big guy. And, uh, you know, a, a brother to me, and, and uh, this is my family here. And I'm very grateful to them. And um, Margie, they, you know, like you heard from a lot of people, you know, and I, I, I heard that she had uh, some health issues, but I was never able to tell. She was always in a very great mood and and uh, so kind and uh, um, and uh, it was just a, a joy to be around her and and um, I'm, I was very grateful this uh, uh, 
last summer there I had the chance to visit with her at her house and and I again I was told that she was having some health issues I I wouldn't be able to tell because she was smiling the whole time and she was always very generous and 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 and, and once again her and, and uh, Pastor uh, shared with me things about Brazil and they're so proud of it and and I just you know I was so humble and so happy to see how much they still loved uh, Brazil after all these years and uh, um, uh, yeah it's just uh, you know wonderful thing and just thank you so much for her life and and, and for going to Brazil and you know I know she's uh, she's in a better place right now and, and it's wonderful and uh, anyways thank you obrigado Mardi we have uh, three of Ralph's uh, co-workers, if you will, from Shepherds who are here. And uh, I just wonder, uh, Brother uh, Dan, uh, if you would share a word and uh, just uh, give your reflection on Margie and Ralph. And uh, I'm sure there are many things you could say, but... Uh, I, I guess you'd say Dan Diamato was uh, Ralph and Margie's boss while they represented the Shepherds Ministries and traveled about. So, Dan, share a word. Well, I don't know if I was their boss. I certainly was privileged to have them part of their team, but they were leaders, mentors, supporters, encouragers. They were such a blessing to have part of the team there at Shepherds. And... Um, <clears throat> If any of you have uh, taken the opportunity to read Ralph's book, From a Canoe to a Chevy, um, what was reflected in that book about their experiences and how she was just a humble servant to the Lord uh, was really reflected in her service to shepherds as well. And um, they drove up and down the East Coast in that fifth wheel brown bagging it all the way and uh, I would encourage Ralph and Margie to you know to take some time and and spend you know spend a little money and going out to eat once in a while and he said no 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 we're going to brown bag it and we you know we just want to care for the be a good steward of shepherds uh, funds and resources and that's the kind of people that they were they were faithful dedicated submissive servants and uh, they served so faithfully, and it was such a blessing to have him part of the team. So we're proud and privileged to be here. Myself, Don Mogford, who's the current uh, West Coast representative, and uh, Jim Edgar, who's a member of the Board of Shepherds Ministries, are all here to pay tribute to a wonderful lady and a wonderful servant, and, and Ralph as well for serving so faithfully Lord, for the Lord's work there at Shepherds. Thank you. Hi, my name's Rich, and uh, <clears throat> my da two daughters and I had the pleasure of being baptized by Pastor Ralph uh, many, many years ago, and um, it's for me to stand here and talk about Margie, it's hard to even think of her as separate from Ralph, because everything they did together was as a team, and um, 
One thing I'd like to do is just express uh, appreciation to Ralph of how he honored his wife by um, taking such good care of her and dotting over. You'd bring her to, they'd come to dinner or whatever, and he just did everything for her and made sure that she was comfortable and everything went well. So to you, Ralph. Just before we sing one more song, uh, I have uh, a tribute to my mother from Raleigh. I think I was responsible for giving mom a few premature gray hairs. I was an active, somewhat reckless kid between episodes where I drank gasoline, tried to pet a poisonous snake, or bouts with convulsions. I sure am thankful that she had a nursing degree And that God's merciful hand was over me. Mom homeschooled me from first grade until eighth grade. I had to get up by 6.30, eat breakfast, and then school started. I was usually well-behaved, except for needing a couple of belt whoopings. <laughs> a couple? <laughs> I met Raleigh when we were freshmen in college, so... A couple of belt whoopings when I was disorderly. She was a great teacher and taught me the value of self-discipline and achievement. After eighth grade, where I attended Bellingham Christian School while we were here on furlough, it was decided that I would attend an American Christian high school about 300 miles north of Natal when we returned to Brazil. I vividly remember mom and dad taking me to the school, spending my first week of school in town, and their tearful goodbyes after that week when they returned home. Mom was talented musically. She played the violin in her teen years. While in the Amazon, she played the accordion. And later on, when we lived in Natal, she played both organ and piano. She also sang trios with Dad and I when we visited churches while on furlough. She was an outstanding co-laborer for Christ, along with my dad as a missionary wife, pastor's wife, and later as an elder's wife. She had a deeply purposeful, devoted regiment in reading God's word and a prayer list a mile long. I often commented to family members and others that I felt a hedge of protection around me and my family as a result of her deep, heartfelt prayers for each of my family members daily. In the past couple of years, I made it a point to spend at least one weekend a month with mom and dad as mom's health was gradually declining. She rarely complained, even though I could see her in her face grimacing through severe pain at times. When I would come to visit, she would make my favorite meals and desserts. <laughs> we had some very, very special times together during these visits. At the conclusion of our phone conversations on Saturdays, she would say, I love you. Little did I know that on Saturday, October 7th, those would be the last words I would ever hear from her. 7.45 a.m. on Tuesday morning, October 10th, I got a call from Dad at work. He would rarely call me by phone, rather opting to either text or email. Mom had had other bouts with heart issues, shortness of breath, etc., that necessitated emergency care. However, even before I picked up the phone, I had a sense that this was even more serious. Little did I know how debilitating this would be for Mom. I would never 
hear an intelligible word from her again, and she would never come back home. During her last nine days in the hospital, I got to spend a lot of time at her bedside. She was lucid and could understand fully what we were saying. However, she wasn't able, she was unable to respond audibly. It was during this time I was able to pour out my heart from a grateful son to his mother. I thanked her for the wonderful godly heritage she was leaving behind as a result of her unwavering love and devotion to Jesus, her faithful prayers for me and my wife and our children, and the godly wisdom she had imparted to me from the time I was a little boy even to this day. Lastly, and through the years, I told her that she had given me a full cup and that from a human perspective, perspective I needed nothing more. She had given me everything. She showed me her gratitude by rubbing my hand with her thumb. On Thursday, October 19th at 10.30 p.m., I got a knock at my door. I knew what it was. Naturally, it was, I was only momentarily stunned, but at peace and hopeful because of God's enduring promises to his sons and daughters of new life in the heavenlies. I love this quote from a text message I received from a dear close friend the day after mom's passing, in which she summarized the moment as, quote, raw pain mixed with beautiful peace, unquote. She knew how that felt, having lost two dear loved ones herself. Mom had fought the good fight and had finished strong. She was to hear the, shortly to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Let's stand and sing a song just before we hear from God's word. A little chorus that just lifts up the Lord. clothes on, and uh, the gal at the desk, you know, they, they, I think customer service training has gone through a new wave, and they're always trying to connect with you on a personal level, and uh, you know, how you do, and how's your day been, what's coming up, and are you going to do anything fun today? <laughs> you know, I can't leave that sitting, can I? I'm speaking at a memorial service. 
no words. <laughs> I, I wouldn't use the word fun, but there's no place else I'd rather be. I'm not supposed to be crying. That's why I'm taking your place, right? <laughs> Although I must say, everybody who's been up here has stolen a piece of my thunder so that my sermon is only going to be a review at this point. <sighs> Boy, it's good to be with God's people and to celebrate the culmination of salvation. That's what death is. It's the culmination. <sighs> Better get to preaching and stop talking here. From Philippians 4.16, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Uh, I didn't know Marjorie in her active years. Um, Obviously, she played basketball. She was a, she was a go-getter, right, Charlotte? Yeah, as Charlotte is. <laughs> Little competition on the basketball court. <laughs> Nobody in this church walks faster than Charlotte. <laughs> Present company included. I didn't know Margie in her active years. I didn't know her as a missionary. I didn't know her as a pastor's wife. I knew her husband as a guy I kept trying to recruit to come home and be my associate pastor. He was committed to shepherds, and, and then they came home. So I knew her in her, in her toughest years. And uh, therefore, we don't lose heart, even though the outward man is perishing. Margie had struggles, like the Apostle Paul who wrote this. Okay, And I, I'm not comparing her to the Apostle Paul, don't get me wrong, I'm, not trying to make her into a saint beyond what she was. The Apostle Paul served the Lord through physical difficulty. Some of it was put on him by the Lord, and some of it he came on by serving. He left town every time the persecution got too hot, but sometimes they got to him first, and he literally bore the scars. And you can imagine without modern medicine, how do you heal from beatings and so on? So he had all kinds of physical challenges that he served the Lord through. And, he's, and, and yet I, I look at Margie, and, and she had some significant physical challenges. She carried two children in very foreign places. Being in a foreign country today is not like it was in the 60s, especially in the outback. And she carried two children there. She gave birth to a daughter who was severely limited by birth defects. She came to have severe allergies that curtailed their ministry in Brazil. She had a number of illnesses over the past 10 years that gradually took away much of her active life, yet she never lost heart. Like Paul, she had struggles, but like Paul, she had hope. And that's what this passage is about. The passage isn't about glorifying the struggles. It's about saying we have hope through the struggles, and so we don't give up. And I would just like to point out several things that Margie had hope in from this passage. First and foremost, from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, she had the hope of a personal relationship with God. 
Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. What's it mean to receive the mercy of God? It means that, Marcy, that Margie recognized that she was a sinner in, in, uh, and under the judgment of God, deserving the judgment of God, and yet God was merciful. He, he did not give her what she deserved. And, and lest you think I'm speaking poorly of Margie, I'm not saying she was any worse than any of the rest of us, am I? Because we were all sinners under the judgment of God, and yet God graciously sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, and when he died, God accepted that payment for sin, and he only asked Margie to do one thing, and that was believe in Christ as her Savior, to believe in the person and work of Christ, and she did that, and she received the mercy of God. She received the forgiveness of God. From the time that she believed in Christ, she lived with the light of God in her life, so she was never overcome by the challenges. She had received God's mercy. She had the hope of a personal relationship with God. She also had the hope of purpose in her trials. From verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 4, we have this treasure, the treasure of salvation in Christ, in earthen vessels. God used the illustration of a brown clay pot as an analogy to human beings who have been saved by grace through faith and, and into that brown clay pot a treasure is poured. The treasurer of salvation. We have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side. Have you ever hard-pressed a clay pot? They aren't built for endurance. Okay? And that's the miracle that God works in us. Because Christ is in us, when the pressure comes, we don't give. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, and so on. For we who live are delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Margie knew that in her difficulties, her godliness would reflect on the God who poured her into an earthen vessel and who allowed her to suffer many different things so that People would be here today saying, through all of that, she hoped in God. Through all of that, she cared for other people. That doesn't honor her, that honors the Lord. And she knew that in her difficulty, she could bear up with it because there was a great purpose. She wasn't suffering and saying, oh, poor me, oh, why, all this. She said, no, my suffering is going to magnify the Lord. Margie did not lose hope in her difficulties. Anybody can be happy in a new home full of nice furniture, but not everyone can be happy moving from place to place doing the Lord's work. Anyone can be happy at their fairy tale wedding, but not everyone can be happy and joyful while caring, caring for a severely disabled child. 
Anyone can smile when they're eating birthday cake, but not everyone can be optimistic when they're in pain. And that is the miracle of godliness at work in us. It is the strength is not of us. The strength is of God. And so our sufferings have purpose. Thirdly, Margie had hope and a heavenly reward. And this is the scripture that Ralph read at the beginning of our service. Therefore, again, Paul says, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward is renewed. For our light affliction, which is, you know what light affliction is? That's the affliction other people have. (laughs) And not that bad. Mine, ooh. But Paul's talking about himself. Our light affliction you read a few chapters down, 2 Corinthians 12, about him getting beaten and whipped and cast into the sea and on and on and on. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Margie had hope and a heavenly reward, and later in the passage it says, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now, God's not going to punish Christians for the sin that they did as believers. He's not going to punish us for the times that we wasted in him. But it appears from 1 Corinthians 3 that he's going to take our works, our life, and, and hold it up to the the fire of his righteousness, and all of the junk will be consumed. You know, it's possible we'll get to see that stuff getting burned up. The scripture about taking every tear from their eye comes a little bit later. But what's going to be left is the good stuff, the stuff we've honestly done for the Lord. We've tried to grow in Christ. We've tried to serve other people. We've tried to bring people to the Savior. Whatever we have done with sincerity of heart for the Lord, 1 Corinthians 3 calls that gold, silver, and precious stones in our behavior, and God is going to reward us for that. And Margie lived in that hope. And the Apostle Paul lived in that hope. And that's why he said, you know, I'm going to be here for for maybe 70 years, maybe 80 years. And it's just a short while. But then there's eternity. And God's going to recognize me and it is going to be incredible. We don't know exactly what that reward's going to be, but it's, it's talked about as crowns in the scripture. And God says that we're going to be able to take our crowns and cast them at the feet of Jesus in worship. I think the point of that is this. When we get to heaven and God says, good job, well done, we're going to have no sin and this perfect understanding to which we can turn to Christ and go, are you kidding me? You're the one who did things in me and through me. I don't deserve any reward at all. And we can take our crown and throw it at his feet. What a privilege that will be. Margie lived in that hope. And so she did not lose hope. Last but not least, Margie had a hope at a heavenly home. 
Ralph read this scripture as well. For we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. And that house that's spoken of there is not the one of of John 15. Jesus said, I'm going to build a dwelling place for you. Some kind of a some kind of a place. Uh, got bad news for you. Not in a, not a mansion. It actually says like an apartment. You know, I'm pretty sure an apartment in heaven is better than a mansion in Ferndale. <laughs> this dwelling place right here appears to be something that takes the place of our physical body as soon as we translate to heaven. Boom. Gone, leave that old sick, sin-riddled thing in the ground, awaiting the day when it will be perfected. Our salvation will be physical as well as spiritual. But in the meantime, where am I going? Am I going to some in-between limbo, hocus-pocus? No. God's got something ready for me so that my mortality may be swallowed up by immortality, my corruption swallowed up by incorruption. What a tremendous thing. Margie lived in that hope. It's that hope which enables a believer to say what I have heard so many believers say as they get near the end of their life, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. That's why we can celebrate today through our tears. Yes, we've lost a relationship, but wow, look what she's gained. And we have this confidence in us as well. Wow, look at, look at verse 5. Sorry, it's not Sunday morning. You don't have a Bible open. He who has prepared us for this existence in heaven has also given us the Spirit as guarantee. What's that talking about? It's talking about this, that when you put your faith in Christ as your Savior, God the Holy Spirit will come to live inside of you. And one of his ministries is the confirmation of your salvation today and your destination tomorrow. And the, the imagery there is actually of, a, of a, an engagement ring. And in that day, a man would give a gift to a woman and say, I will marry you in this next year. And it was, it was a contract. God has given us the spirit as a contract to saying, I'm coming for you, or you're coming to see me, whichever happens first. And in our hearts, we know we're going to heaven. That is the miracle of salvation. I don't know. I don't have confidence because I'm such a great man. Margie was a good woman, but her confidence came from God. And our confidence today comes from God. And if you're here today without that confidence, you're missing out. Because it's that confidence that allows us to come here and and go away today and say, wow, wasn't that a great day? Aren't you glad you were there? Aren't you you encouraged and challenged and stimulated in your faith with the Lord? In Romans 8.18, Paul said something very similar to this passage when he said, I consider that the sufferings of this present time The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. Margie had many struggles in life, but eternity will be filled with blessing for her. A dear old saint, which I knew many years ago, wrote a poem which 
which I really love and which I think captures this sentiment. And I think it's a good way for us to conclude our time today. It's entitled The Other Side. This isn't death, it's glory. It isn't dark, it's light. It isn't stumbling, groping, or even faith, it's sight. This isn't grief, it's having my least tear wiped away. It's sunrise, it's the morning of my eternal day. It isn't even praying, it's speaking face to face. It's listening and it's glimpsing the wonder of his grace. This is the end of pleading for strength to bear my pain. Not even pain's dark memory will ever live again. How did I bear the earth life before I came up higher? Before my soul was granted its every deep desire? Before I knew this rapture of meeting face to face, the one who sought me, saved me, and kept me by his grace? Heavenly Father, we are so happy today to celebrate the life of a dedicated sister in Christ. A good wife, a good mom, a good grandmother, a good great-grandmother, a good pastor's wife, a good missionary's wife. Oh, Lord, thank you for a life well-lived. It speaks to us, it challenges us, it calls us up out of our mediocrity to give ourselves wholly to you. May you be honored by the things that have been said and done thus far. May you be honored by the fellowship and the, the communication that will carry on as we, as we uh, spend time together. May you be pleased to use this time today to bring somebody to yourself. Somebody here who's never put their faith in Christ. Work in their heart today, Father. Thank you for our time, and uh, just thank you for all of your blessings. We pray in Christ's name, amen.